What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Today, I've got uh, Jacob with me. You guys all know Jacob, and we got a special guest, Gage Opal. Okay, if you know him, uh, you know his gamer tag and all of his stuff is Opal for PG. Um, although he did play center in <laughs> in, his, in his glory days of basketball. Um, but if you've heard if you've heard us speak before in the past, you're in for you're in for a, a very funny episode. Me and Gage like to go at each other a little bit, especially when it comes to Mavericks basketball. And of course, we had to bring that on the table because Gage is here today. Um, but um, you, you've, if you've seen us on the Spin Uprights one, have heard us on the Spin Uprights one, we well, we're gonna have a good episode. Is what I'm trying to explain to you guys. So be be prepared. You might hear some things here and there, um, but it's all out of love. Uh, but I've got a great great first question for you two and i especially wanted to have this question for you guys i've seen i saw this question a couple weeks ago and i thought man i, I need to have it for a special occasion today is that day so it's, it's i guess it's a would you rather question um so here it is you guys ready yep all right would you rather give 99 percent of the blowjob or the last one percent of the blowjob I'll, I'll i'll give it to gage first <laughs> So the first ninety nine percent of the blowjob, uh, the last one percent. Okay, well, how long? How long is it? Like how? Like give me a give me a timetable. Um, let's just say let's just say this guy this guy is a is is a quick. We'll we'll say it is a three minute blowjob. So I'm giving <laughs> giving two minutes and, and fifty nine seconds of a blowjob, or one second with with the finish. I'm not letting a dude nut in my mouth. I'll I'll do the first two minutes. Yeah, either way, it's demoralizing. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll just you know I'll flip the coin and whatever it is, it is. So I'll just take the L. It's a, it's a tough one. I saw it and I was like, oh, uh, I don't know which one I would go. I luckily, since I'm the host, I don't have to answer the question. I can plead the fifth. Uh, these guys aren't allowed to. Um, it, no matter what you do, it is the wrong answer. It's just how wrong do you want to be? Do you want to do? Do you want to put in the work, or do you want to be there for the for the aftermath? Is kind of the 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 the, the thought I boiled down to. So, um, but I guess I guess Gage likes to do hard work. So shout out to Layton for getting a uh, a hardworking guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that, that's it. We're not going to do any trivia questions today. I wanted to I wanted to save us for I wanted to give us more time to talk about um, college basketball as well as NBA. Uh, we are bringing back NBA talk. Uh, March Madness officially over. Shout out to them and and that and that whole uh, month of March because it was awesome. But we are going back to some NBA talk, and that's where, we're, of course, that's where we're going to start. So the first one, um, you know, we we grew up watching Space Jam. It didn't. It was before our time, but I'm pretty sure all three of us have seen Space Jam more than a handful of times. The original one with Michael Jordan and all that. Um, and officially, they've already released the official trailer of Space Jam 2. I just want to get your guys' initial thoughts on it. I'm going to go to Jacob first on this one. Uh, what was your initial thoughts on the Space Jam 2 trailer? Uh, I thought it looked interesting. I'm just kind of uh, curious to see, like, where the how the Goon Squad will, you know, come together and uh, comparing that to the Monstars and just kind of the storyline is where I'm kind of curious about how the whole thing will go. I think, I don't know if it's going to be better than original movies in general, it's usually the original that's always the best one. So I'm going to have to say, I think Space Jam, the original with MJ, even though I'm a huge LeBron guy, is probably, you know, always going to be the best Space Jam of all time. Yes, sir. Ari Gage, what about your, your thoughts on the Space Jam too? I'm kind of in the same boat with Jacob. Um, 
I'm like I I very much enjoy the old Space Jam movie, not because it's just some outstanding piece of cinema, but it's just, it's it's funny and it's you know it's a classic. If you if you were ever a hooper in your life, um, I was I don't know how I'm gonna feel about LeBron being animated. Like mm-hmm. and yeah. when I and when I think about that, like I'm like oh it's two sides of a you know the same coin because I didn't want it to be a complete you know just a remake of the original. Um, so I'm curious to see what they can do since these animated, you know, we had, we had MJ stretching his arm from half court and obviously with the advancements we've had in, you know, movie animation and stuff like that, there's a, a lot more stuff that can be made. Um, but you know, as long as, as long as the original Toon Squad is in there and Lola Bunny is still thick AF, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think the CGI too will help LeBron's hairline too, you know, put that back where it's supposed to be and, you know, not have that big ass forehead. So, well, I think, I think someone in the trailer took a little snippet of, um, of LeBron while he was, you know, playing or something. And Richard Jefferson uh, commented on the Instagram post and said, they really helped you out in that hairline. So (laughs) I think, I think he will be, he will be better, but I do think they, 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 um, I guess, I don't know how to, they didn't make Lola as thick as she was. In yeah, this they, one. Were, they made her more modest, which, and, they, you know. and they covered her up a little bit more. So your hopes and dreams are uh, felt. So they they squashed them. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm in the I'm in the same boat. I think I'm a little a little hesitant on the story. I think they're going to try to do a little bit more on the story than they did on the original. Um, from the what I got from the trailer, I I do like I I I'm not sure if I like it or don't like it just yet. If they're bringing because it looks like they're bringing more worlds into this one. It's not mm-hmm. just going to be like Bugs Bunny in their world. It's going to be a whole bunch of it's all of the Warner Brothers, basically. Yeah. Um, so that'll that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays. I do like the, how the characters, like of the Goon Squad, we will actually get to see them like be that person. Like you yeah. got Dame the Brow, um, Diana, Diana, Diana. I can't say her name. Diana Tarasi, and then I don't know the other girl's name. I will mispronounce yeah, it and clay thompson too and clay thompson as well so i think they have yeah i think they have six right no they have five, they have it's, five. It's another female player um mm-hmm. i think she played at stanford a couple years ago I don't yeah know. she did um but it, it'll be interesting to see them actually play as themselves as a cartoon version so i like that route a little bit better than what the monster verse or the monster guys did because they just took the power so but yeah i i, I think we're all in agreement. i don't think it'll beat space jam so there's that um now to actual nba talk where well, we're talking about what's going on in the nba since we left i think when we last talked about nba the lakers were number one jazz were number two the clippers were number three and the suns were like number four and then you know the rest of the west is a mess uh from then on out every everything it changes every single day pretty much now that we are here We've got Jazz at one, Suns at two, Clippers at three, and the Lakers at four. Do you guys believe the Utah Jazz can run the West and finish the season as the number one seed? I'm not saying run the West in the playoffs. Just finish the season as the number one seed. Gage, I'll go to you first on this one. I think they, they definitely can, especially since the Lakers have definitely you know opened the door as far as the top four teams uh, in the West goes. Because they're just, I mean, as long as AD and LeBron are out, they're going to keep slipping. And Utah really has showed really no signs of slowing down. Um, It's definitely surprising because if you had told me at the beginning of the season that Utah and Phoenix were going to be one and two, uh, I wouldn't have put a lot of money on that. So I definitely think, I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like the rest of the year, 
how hard it is or anything like that. Um, but I, I see no reason that they, that they can't, you know, just keep dominating the way they have. Like, I think I, when they played the Mavs the other night, they had some stats on there. They're like, they're number one in net rating and they're number two. And I think, I think it was like defensive efficiency or something like that. That's going to win you a lot of games and you need that kind of stuff in the West. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I agree with you. Um, they're just so well-rounded in all aspects of the game. Um, the addition of Mike Conley a couple years ago, you know, that veteran leadership, you know, to kind of guide Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But then they got guys like Royce O'Neal, um, you know, Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles. Like, they're just so well-rounded on the offense and defensive end. And they probably arguably got a top five coach in the league in Quinn Snyder, who's running the ship at the helm of it. Um, they got probably the sixth man of the year in Jordan Clarkson. Like, there's not one piece they're really missing on that team. They're deep. They're big, they're athletic, they can defend, they can score. Um, I think, yeah, going on with stats, I think they scored 115 in their like last like however many games until they played the Mavs the other night. So I think I think they'll end up winning the uh, West. I just don't think um, that they'll slip too much because just how solid they are. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think their biggest issue is just the fact that their second best player, if you want to call it that, is just a, such a defensive minded guy. Like Rudy Gobert is so good, but um, he, he he's just a not threat on offense, and it's really tough, you know, to score four on five every time. Now he is a threat, you know, around the rim, getting rebounds right. and, and rolling, but just like to be able to catch the ball and do anything with it, he's a non-threat. Now, yeah, I, mean, I think that's where uh, you know Quinn Snyder comes in, mm -hmm. you know, helping out with the offensive schemes and stuff, to where he's not handling the ball, you know, at the perimeter or having mm -hmm. to make plays for him. You know, they're drawing up different plays for shooters or Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell, you mm -hmm. know, to attack the rim and throw it up. So I think that's where, you know, he can be useful in setting screens and catching lobs. I don't think there's too many situations where he has to get a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying as if I'm a D, if I'm a you know a coach and I'm coaching against the Jazz, like I'm I'm forcing him mm -hmm. to get the ball. But this team does remind me of the Spurs of yeah. years past, um, you know, in the in the the late two thousands, early twenty tens. Like, they're just a well-rounded team with a great coach, and they're yeah. going to win games, and they're going to be in the playoffs, but I don't know. They, like, they they need that another – and they need another superstar along Mitchell to be able to score the ball, and that's what the Spurs got. You know, they had Duncan for so many years. Parker and Manny were so good. But once they started getting older, they started not being as, you know, as much of a threat. They got Kawhi. He was their number two guy, and we saw what happened, in the, you know, the 2013-2014 season. So – I think they're missing that, but they're definitely a great team. Um, another team, obviously, number two right now in the West is the Phoenix Suns. And I, I call it the CP3 effect. And we had an episode about this, you know, early on in the year. And it's, it's carried on so far this season. I mean, the Phoenix Suns, literally, you, you they were the same team they were a year ago. You put CP3 in there, and this team is second overall. And, I mean, they look scary. Like, I, I, I'm afraid to play them in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a team I would definitely not want to play. Like, as we talked about it before, you know, as the matchups would be, if the Mavs end up seven and they're mm -hmm. the two, the Suns are always a Mavs killer, too, and that, that's one of the frustrating things. But, yeah, CP3 has, you know, essentially changed the culture there into a winning culture. Um, I think Monty Williams, you know, first year there, mm -hmm. being back with CP3 when they were in New Orleans together, I think that chemistry from years past has, you know, brought that winning mindset to Phoenix. And, um and they're damn good on um, both ends of the floor. So um, that's a team I would definitely want to avoid in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Jacob. I, I think Monty Williams will probably win coach of the year. 
I know, I know you could make an argument probably for Quinn Snyder, but I think if you look at what the expectations were for the jazz versus what the expectations yeah. were for Phoenix, you can, there's definitely a disparity between who exceeded their expectations a lot more. By the way, I just looked it up. The jazz only play seven. They only have seven out of the games they have left. They only have 17, seven games left against above 500 teams. So I think they're probably definitely going to win, win the West. Yeah. Especially with how the Lakers are doing. Here, and you know, the that, um, with the elevation, too. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, Devin Booker might be my favorite. One of, He's becoming one of my favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, like, he's just – I, I enjoyed him when he was on the ball so much before he got CP3, but allowing, you know, you, and we know this, Jacob and, and Gage, like being able to play off the ball as a shooter – and allow someone else to facilitate for you. And you, all you have to do is run off a screen and the ball's there and you get a shot. Like that's just makes your life so much easier. Um, and it's rich proving successful in Phoenix and having a guy like McCall uh, Bridges, a, a defensive guy, you know, him and CP three are great on, on ball defenders, especially at the guard position. Um, like it, it's going to be tough to score buckets on them now with the jazz and the Suns. So the way it would work out, just, just say that the, the higher seeds won. you know, we'll play chalk here. One, one beat, you know, eight, four beat five, and then, you know, three beat six, two beat seven. Do you think the Jazz have a chance to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series? And then I'll ask, do you think the Suns have a chance to beat the Clippers in a seven-game series? Let's just say they both made it to the semifinals on the West. Gage, I'll start with you, and you can start with either team uh, you'd like. Uh, I'll start with the Jazz and the Lakers. If it's the playoffs, like I'll just I'll never count out LeBron in the seven game series. If he's back, assuming he's back, which I imagine he will for the playoffs, mm-hmm. I will never count him out. Even though I think the Jazz match up really well with the Lakers um, in terms of athleticism, they obviously don't have the size. I mean, Rudy Gobert's you know your your big man, so it's it's hard to you know he's gonna have to help when LeBron drives, and then he's obviously when he's doing that he's got to leave AD. So you know there's a problem there. So I don't think the Jazz lasts with the Lakers in a seven-game series necessarily. It'll definitely be close. I think it'd probably go to six or seven games, but I just I I I will never I'll never take LeBron. I'll never pick somebody over LeBron probably in the first round. And as far as as far as Phoenix and LA, LA is kind of like the Clippers are kind of a mess, mm-hmm. especially especially in the playoffs. Like you know we kind of saw it in the bubble last year. I don't know if it was the bubble environment, but they like they just didn't look like they were enjoying playing basketball together. Um, I think they're ready to move on from Patrick Beverly because all he does is really sit on the bench and talk a lot of shit. Doesn't really do, doesn't really do a lot of playing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to hope. I think if it, the 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 swing factor, I think in that series is going to be Paul George. If if we get pandemic P, I think we say bye bye to the Clippers, and I think we see the Clippers gone in six games. But if, if he shows up, I think that's a seven-game series. And, you know, it all depends then on really, you know, how much has this Phoenix team grown and how much has Chris Paul and, you know, what what effects do him and Monty Williams really have? And can they overcome that hump? Because LA, the Clippers, you know, as, as, as much shit as we talk about them, they've been there before. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be a test for Phoenix, I think. I think – I think – you know, like I said, Paul George is the real factor there. I think Phoenix probably comes out on top, though. Yeah, um, I think you've hit on the head uh, in most aspects. Um, yeah, I agree with you. If the, you know, the Lakers are fully healthy. And AD and LeBron don't really have any problems. I am kind of concerned about, you know, 
80s calf or hamstring that's kind of concerning and you know with the whole katie thing a couple of years ago in the finals are being extra cautious but you know if they're 100 percent um i have full faith for the lakers to you know at least make the western conference finals like i wouldn't be too worried about it and the addition of andre drummond too yeah he's not efficient or whatever but i mean all he has to do is you know lebron's driving to the basket all he has to do is facilitate he's putting up garbage numbers for you know poor teams and he has to create for himself and rebound so and like Gage said, uh, Rudy Gobert is about their only size they have. And mm-hmm. who's he going to guard? Is he going to guard AD? Is he going to guard Andre Drummond? Like, how do they defend, like, a pick and roll with either of them with LeBron handling the ball? Um, I just think they're too overwhelming, too star-powered um, mm-hmm. to really come up top. I do think it'll be a good series because they're well-coached and just so well-rounded. Donovan Mitchell will probably have a good 45-point game and, you know, take a couple. But um, I just think the Lakers are too good. And they've, you know, kind of – stuck together the last couple of years and kind of had the same squad. So they have that chemistry just kind of depends all about health there. And um, I still think the Clippers would probably be too talented for Phoenix because Phoenix hasn't had that playoff experience. Mm-hmm. They did get hot in the bubble when a knows, I mean, unfortunately still miss the playoffs, but um, I just think the Clippers are, you know, too star powered compared to the Suns. I mean, if I had to take two guys, I'd take Paul George and Kawhi over CP3 and D-Book at this point in their careers. Um, They are kind of a mess, you know, all the different additions. I think the chemistry issues could be a problem, but, you know, my gut is to still go with the Clippers over uh, in that series. I think that's a series where whoever wins the first game probably wins the series. Because if the Clippers win that first game, I think they're like, okay, things are feeling good. We're all, you know, everything, we're all happy in the locker room and everything just snowballs from there. But I think if they, if they, especially if they get kind of, you know, if they get maybe a, a 15 piece on them, you know, Phoenix has a good shooting night. I think that turns ugly really fast for LA. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really do think that, you know, that's an ideal situation, but I think all four teams are going to have a tough first round matchup. So uh, we might not even see these teams play right. in the, in the semifinal. Um, but, that, that, that's the hope. You know, obviously we want the best teams. I really do think Phoenix has stapled themselves as the best team. The Jazz I'm still in question about, but um, you know, let's, let's go ahead and move on. Um, so the, I asked you guys the question earlier about, you know, the, the, the question at the beginning of the podcast, you know, so, you know, 90, the first 99% of sucking a dick or the last 100% or the last percent of the dick sucking um, the, the East besides the top three teams do a hundred percent of the dick sucking, like a 100 yeah. and probably 10%, honestly, because here's a simple oh. fact. And, and this includes my Pacers. I, I was looking at the standings and, and I'm not looking at them right now, but like, th- how can there be three teams dominating the East and the rest are like almost under 500? Like literally you go look four and down are, are I think around five. I think they're like two or three games yeah. above 500. Like how are you uh, just that bad? It just, it's tough. It really is tough. Yeah. I don't know. It was like, is when, when we uh, started the podcast way back when too, we we're talking about the East, how they could, a couple of divisions could be really good. And you mm-hmm. surprise teams there. We might thought it'd be competitive, but I don't know. It's just going back to like the East is always sucking. I think what, uh, the Atlanta Hawks are fourth right now. They're, if they're, I believe, I think they're 26 and 24 or something like that. Nope. And like, if the Hawks are there who missed the playoffs by a lot last year and 
they would get beat by the top 10 teams in the first round of playoffs in the Western Conference, maybe even top 11 because the Kings are so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, just, the East sucks. I mean, the, the Heat are getting a little bit hotter, but they'll win four and then they'll lose like three in a row. So, like, there's just no consistency outside those top three teams. I mean, if, if I am the Memphis Grizzlies, you're sitting at 24 and 23. They would be, they would be a five seed six seed right now in the east yeah and i mean like that like i mean it's just it's so frustrating to me to think that like how can this eastern conference you know and and realistically it's normally only two teams in the east that are like pretty Mm -hmm. good um normally you get it used to be like the Cavs and like one other team you know this year the 70 the 76ers stepped up their top team the bucks we knew were going to be good the nets obviously were going to be good with even just with kd and Kyrie and all the additions they have now obviously they're good but like the celtic like brad stevens i don't know if he's if i don't know if he's coaching the celtics next year yeah i don't know either especially i think he's fired if he's missed the playoffs i just it's not like the talent discrepancy of like superstars is so drastic compared to the east and west like mm-hmm. i mean you have like like you said the celtics they have like two great young stars and they're like sitting at eighth i think at the playoffs right now or like just outside or just barely in the playoffs like they'll be playing in that playing tournament and mm-hmm. they're so talented and you're talking about the heat with Jimmy Butler and adding Goladipo and like uh, that Bam Adebayo, like they've been so up and down all year. I just, I don't understand. The one team I will say positive things about in the East who have been good despite their last couple of injuries is the Hornets. Like that's, you know, the one positive team that you can take away. That's like one of the middle of the road teams. You got, you got to put the Knicks in there too, because they're. they're oh yeah. The, the Knicks as well for how much shit we talk they're, about. They're, they're technically an eight seed. They would have made the playoffs in the old way. They're going to have to have a play in game, but yes, those two, but the, I don't know if the Hornets are going to be good anymore without, without the uh, Lamello And Gordon Hayward. And yeah. And Gordon Hayward. Yeah. So it's, it, it's tough. Uh, I mean, it, and like the Pacers, uh, I'm not upset about us being 22 and 26 right now. New coach this year. Did not expect the, did not. I expected us to make the playoffs. Um, and then we trade Victor Oladipo, who didn't want to play with us. And we get Karis LeVert and he finds out to have ca- uh, cancer. Um, so like, I'm, I'm totally okay with us not being good this year. And I expected it um, once, once kind of Victor, hearing the news about Victor Oladipo, but like, there's no excuse for the heat to be this bad for the Celtics to be this bad. Like there's, how bad they are too like they have a good coach they have good players like i don't i don't understand that either uh and, and again i mean we're about to talk about the mavericks here and you know they're 28 and 21 right now and what they would be they would be a four seed sitting pretty you mm-hmm. know in the in the east and y'all are battling for a play-in game in the playoffs right now yeah so and 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 I mean, realistically, the crazy thing is, too, is there you guys are only, by losses, technically three games out of third place. Yeah. Like, that. that is how tough the West is. You know, from you get your 18 losses by the Clippers in the three, and actually now the Lakers are the fifth seed, by the way. The Nuggets are the fourth seed. Um, right. but, but the Clippers are at 18 losses, and realistically, the Kings, who, and even the Thunder, I would throw in there, being 12 games back, which, I mean, is a little much, but still, like, like it, it's very close, you know, it, it, it's crazy, but let's go ahead and move on to the Mavs. Um, Gage is a very avid Mavs fan here. So uh, got to go to him for some of these Mavs questions. What is going on with your Mavs? What's, what's kind of been, what, I mean, they're not, they're playing a lot better than we're at the start of the year, but just tell me what's kind of going on with them. I mean, I think, so it's, it's weird because I've been bitching a lot recently about 
what happens in, as far as how we handle injuries and back-to-backs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like KP's getting – he got sat the other night for a sore – for a sprained wrist, right? Apparently he had that injury like in February. So I don't I don't really – like they obviously know more than I do. Mm-hmm. They clearly know what they're doing, I guess, because there's a, there's a five-game win streak to prove it. Just took down the number one team in the league. So, I mean, there's obviously something there that I just don't get. That's why they get paid the big bucks, and I'm sitting my ass on the couch watching Ditching. Um, I think, like, it's a drastic, drastic turnaround as far as the team attitude, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think when they were shitting themselves, they were like, what, 7-19 and 19 at one point or something like that? Pretty bad. Yeah, and, like, they just didn't look like they were having fun. Like, you could even see it, like – it's really hard to find because nobody can, nobody in the DFW area can fucking watch the games. Cause Cause sports, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling watching on Reddit NBA streams, but like you can see it in like the pre- the post game press conferences. Like when they were shitting the bed, it was, they were down question. I mean, p- players were answering questions in an annoyed way and now they're screwing around on the, on the end game. So it just looks like they're having fun again. I think, uh, I think a lot of it mainly has to do with the shooting. I think the shooting has gotten a lot better. They were really, really bad towards the beginning of the season. Um, and so I, I think a lot of that's been improved on. I, th- I was a big fan of getting rid of James Johnson's contract at the deadline because that was a lot of money. I mean, as it wasn't a ton of money by NBA standards, but it was money that we were paying a dude who didn't really have an impact and we didn't really play him a lot. So I was a big fan of dumping that. I think Nico Melli has been a great addition so far as far as some size and some defense. Um, and I think I think J.J. Redick is kind of Donnie Nelson's version of saying, oh, yep, sorry, Mavs fans, sorry we let Seth walk, that kind of sure. thing. So I think that's him trying to make up for that. I don't know if J.J. really wants to be here. Um, I don't think he really does. So I think I think this is a good chance for him to, you know, kind of have, you know, maybe he can help us win a game or two down this stretch and he can get another contract at the end of the season and go play for a contender or something like that. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do is just coming over all the COVID issues and the injuries with Porzingis, like, because, you know, everything I've heard, I haven't had COVID, but like, if you're doing it and you're in the league, like, it takes a couple weeks, you know, to catch your breath again. Dorian Finney-Smith had it, a couple others had it, and just... And then it takes time for the chemistry to build. I was just like looking at some stats because they've won five in a row. They've had the fourth best record over the last two months. They're like third in net rating. Like they've been one of the best defensive teams, surprising as all hell. The Mavs have never been that great of a defensive team um, over that stretch. Their last like four games, they've held all their opponents under 100 except 103 to Utah. And in today's league, you don't really see teams score under 100 anymore. That was 15 below their average, too. So, yeah. I don't I don't know if they're drinking, you know, some of Mike's special juice from Space Jam <laughs> or what they're doing right now. But, you know, they're, they're hot. And J.J. Reddick could add, you know, some shooting. Luke is shooting almost 38%. Um, I will say this. I think Jalen Brunson may be the best backup point guard in the NBA. Like he is, a, I used to, I used to be a despise him. I used to not like the shots he take, you know, what he did, but he is playing out of his mind as a backup one. And he's looked good when he's on the floor with Luca too. So, so you guys both know Britain. Um, mm-hmm. So Britain likes to talk a lot of shit about Jalen Brunson. He obviously hasn't really been able to 
as much this season. And so I texted him the other day when I think Jalen had like like 23 during – I don't remember what game it was. And I remember texting him because he was hitting a lot of big shots down the stretch to really close out a game. And I texted Britton. I was like, hey, Britton, I think you saying, saying Jalen Brunson is ass might be your worst sports opinion of all time. <laughs> Because he really ha- – I think Jalen could probably be a starter on on how many teams are in the league, 30? I think he could probably start at, on over half of them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, just depends I mean, on – I mean, he's a solid role player for – I mean, for any team. Mm-hmm. We can at least say that. I don't know. I mean, they're, I mean, they're hot. I mean, that's what you want at the end of the year, though, as long as they don't have any more COVID issues. Like, like you said, the West is so deep and any out or any round in the – first round of playoffs is going to be tough one through four like any of those teams are going to be hard to face even if it's the worst Steph can have average 50 for a whole series for all that matters but I don't know they're at least looking good though I think like he reminds me a lot of like JJ Barea obviously not you know with the age or anything but like he gives you that spark like when you when your team needs a bucket you know you get you get a guy like that who can hit a you know he can hit an open shot he can also take it in the lane and finish in traffic and so like that's he reminds me a lot of that. You know, JJ was obviously a big part of that that playoff run in 2011. Uh, I'm certainly not saying that that Jalen is going to be that level of spark. Maybe he will down the road with a little more development. But um, certainly I think he'll help us in the playoffs and, and certainly help us, you know, I think we'll eventually move out of this seven seed. And I think a big reason for that, especially if KP keeps sitting these back-to-backs, Luca keeps sitting some of these back-to-backs, that he'll 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 be the decision factor in a, in a lot in a in a lot of these games because the Mavs have a lot of back to backs coming up because of the mm-hmm. whole COVID thing early in the season. Yeah, it's it's it definitely interesting. Uh, I mean, I I I love the addition of Josh Richardson. I think he's starting to pay off now for the Mavs. Yeah. Um, he's starting to hit some shots, and he I mean, he's just a good defensive player. He's he's the what you want in a three and D wing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I liked I like seeing Dorian Finney Smith. Uh, after the Jazz game, talk about how he wanted to shoot shots um, because of uh, because go, he's like I know I was going to shoot shots because Gobert was guarding me, you know, mm-hmm. and he had the opportunity to have a lot of open shots. So I think they're I think they're definitely stepping up, and I like that they're playing Maxi over Dwight Powell. I said last year when that I went to awful, man. when I went to when I went to a few of their, their games um, before COVID happened, I said why is Maxi a, a bench player and Powell starter? You know, this was before he hurt his ankle because I was like, Maxi provides that mm-hmm. that that it factor. You know, you want out of a forward, especially a guy who's not going to score. He's a good defender too. He can guard one mm-hmm. through four or five like pretty easy. I mean, not point guards super easily, but like he can switch if he has to. He's athletic enough to do it, and he's a great shooter. Like he's, he's like, I think he's like fourth or fifth in three point percentage in the league right now. Yeah, like I yeah, I don't get it. That's one. That was one of those things I was, I was talking about, like with Carlisle's rotations, kind of. Mm-hmm especially at the beginning, like I was even lobbying for Willie Cauley-Stein to start over Dwight Powell. Because yeah. I think, I think you know, was, I love effort out of a player, and I think Dwight Powell gives a lot of effort. He's just not great at basketball at the end of the day. And so I think if you can get a guy like Maxi, I think Maxi adds more value. It has more utility. So why not play him more? I, like, I just don't get it. Same with Bobon. Like, Bobon may be a complete defensive liability, especially when you're playing like a, like a really athletic team. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to guard like some of these more athletic. Like I think he'd get his shit eaten up by AD. But mm. I think if you're playing a team, you know, like the Jazz or something, you know, Gobert's athletic, but he's by no means, you know, a track star. So I think you can sit a guy like Boban in the post and just, mm-hmm. you know, at least get a hand up. 
And then the other night, Boban, he played 25 minutes and he had 12 and 14 and probably could have had a lot more if he played more. So, yeah. I, you know, it's stuff like that. I mean, I've got, I wish we would have traded Dwight Powell. I really think we could have, and I wish we had. Probably would have gotten a third-round pick, and those don't exist in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken it, too. <laughs> uh, well, that that's going to do it for NBA Talk. I just want to give you a quick mention um, because we're all from the Dallas area. Uh, shout out. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a shout out, honestly, um, but I guess shout out to the Texas Rangers for being the first team since March of last year to have a full capacity uh, stadium. I don't I personally don't agree with the decision and I think it makes us look stupid and I think it's going to bite us in the ass. But um, I mean, Texas likes to be the first at everything. So, you know, 40,000 people in our brand new stadium. I, I think the owner of the Rangers and all that, they were like, we need to, we need to start making some money in this bitch. So yeah, no trying. <laughs> um, but that's going to do it for us for our NBA talk. Well, we're going to go to break now. Uh, you're going to hear from our sponsor, anchor.fm. When we come back though, we're recapping the national championship. Of, uh, it's a sad day because it's our last time talking college basketball until next season, but we do get to talk about the national championship in the final four games. So stick with us after the break and we'll see you guys then. And welcome back. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to go ahead and start talking about uh, college basketball. And as I said, it's a sad day. Uh, we hate to see March Madness go, but we love to see it go. or love to see it walk away. Sorry, I, I mess up that line all the time. Um, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful time. I mean, unfortunately, there was no fans. Dumbass. Yeah, I, I knew it was coming. Unfortunately, there was no fans it was held in the great state of Indiana. JK, it's not a great state, but it was held in my hometown state. They did an awesome job. Uh, doing that. Um, but let's go ahead and get into this recap real fast. Um, I mean, what else does there say? Baylor was dominant in both games. Um, and I, I, I don't remember it last time a game like this was hyped up so much. We got the, we've got the matchup we wanted. We all wanted to see Baylor and Gonzaga play at least one time this year. We got it. And I've never felt so underwhelmed in my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, it, it, honestly, I probably feel like most girls after they have sex with me. Let's just be real. Um, <laughs> you know, I, the the hype is real, but I'm I, I was so underwhelmed after. Um, Jacob, yeah, I'm going to confirm. <laughs> you have to you have to ask her. I cannot uh, confirm or deny that that request. Uh, but Jacob, I'm going to go to you first. What were your uh, What were your thoughts on this on this uh, Final Four weekend? Yeah, well, I mean. Um... The first game, UCLA, you know, Gonzaga game, great game, you know, came down the wire, great shot to end it, which we'll talk about here in a second. Hmm. But, you know, man, Baylor just, you know, kicked everyone's ass from beginning to end of both games. They whooped on Houston, and right from the get-go last night, they came out hot. They got, like, four offensive rebounds. They're all up in Gonzaga's face on the defensive end. Um, you know, like a coach always says, never let off the gas. Baylor didn't step off the gas one time last night. Uh, for the whole 40 minutes, you know, Gonzaga cut it to nine at one point, and then they blew it up, open up to like 17. Um, Baylor's guards are incredible. Teague, Mitchell, and Butler, um, they're on fire last night. I mean, if they missed a couple shots, might have been a different story, but, you know, they came out there and acted like they wanted to win, and they proved it with their energy and intensity. Um, I mean, just shout out to Baylor for, you know, the effort they put into that game. I don't remember the last time a team, you know, I always talk about, okay, I want you to be hot going into March. I want you to win your conference tournament. Baylor, I don't think they lost on purpose, obviously, but they, 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 I've never seen a team do so well at losing 
their conference tournament and coming back and being better than what they were. I mean, mm-hmm. they the whole tournament, they just destroyed teams, you know. And, and and someone said, Oh, this this makes Arkansas look so much better because I think they lost by like 10 points yeah. in the regional semifinal or whatever. No, Baylor was up by like 20 for a majority of that game. Yeah. Arkansas just fought its way back and only got it to about like 10 or 8 points in the game. Baylor was Baylor was the better of the two teams, and it's because of their defense. Yeah. And, and and just their overall guard play. I mean, it it was phenomenal to watch from start to finish. And uh what they did to Houston, because Houston's such a great defensive team, they just smacked the shit out of them. They said, No, you suck at defense next. And yeah. then and then they held the team that's been averaging 92 points a game to what 70 points, 60 points, something like that. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah, guard, guard, guard play will take you far in March, and, and Baylor definitely proved that. I think Davion, if Davion Mitchell didn't raise his draft, if, if there were scouts that weren't looking at Davion Mitchell last night going, oh, yeah, um, we need him, I, I, don't know, I don't know what they were watching. Because, I mean, I thought he played an incredible game. Um, I mean, I think the only – I think the thing that sums up Baylor is they are who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. And no, no disrespect to Gonzaga or anything like that. They had an incredible season. They had a chance to do something that's only been done, I think, once before. Have an undefeated season, win the tournament. But I think, I think if there's a lesson to be learned, it's that who you play kind of does matter. And you know, I, not to say that Gonzaga doesn't have a cakewalk of a tournament or a cakewalk of a conference. But I mean, compared to the Big 12 this year, the Big 12 was probably during the regular season, the Big 12 was probably the most competitive conference in basketball. And, you know, obviously Baylor loses their 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 conference tournament. And I think they kind of, you know, they took that energy and was like, okay, bet, you know, we're gonna run, we're gonna run the tournament that actually matters. And that's exactly what they did. You know, Gonzaga, I think Gonzaga kind of blew their load in the UCLA game. Cause I don't think, I think Gonzaga kind of walked out there and expected to, you know, not necessarily, you know, handle them because mm-hmm. UCLA had been, you know, they've been putting up a great fight all tournament, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't think they expected an OT game and to have to win on a buzzer beater. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, that extra time that meant, cause that, that takes a mental toll and, you know, especially, you know, you're like, shit, we just, it, we just had to go to OT against an 11 seed and shit. Now we're looking at Baylor in the natty, you know, it, it takes a toll, and I think Baylor was definitely more prepared for that game. Now, I, there's two questions I have off of this one, um, and I'll start with this one. Um, do you think it plays an effect of who plays first in the Final Four compared to second? Because, I mean, you're talking about hours of rest technically, but you're also talking about, you know, it, it for me, I was thinking about, I was like, man, I've played in a lot of tournaments, right? And I've played in a lot of, you know, semifinal games for the championships and whatnot. You know, whenever I played first, so say we played first before the second semifinal, I was I was less stressed about who I would have to play. And I think Gonzaga knew, you know, they knew they were playing Baylor if they, if they were going to win this game. So in the back of their heads, they might have been like, oh, crap, like I'm trying to save myself for that game because I know we're about to play a top team in the nation. And then that way they kind of what Gage was talking about, they kind of overlooked UCLA. But I think they also kind of overlooking UCLA from when the moment they knew they were going to play them. Let's yeah. be real. Um, do you think that ever plays an effect of, I guess, when you play the semifinal game, whether you play first or second? Because think about Baylor, they just got to go out and win the game, and then they and then they figure out who they play. We're going to scout this game. So do you guys think it matters on if you, I guess, if you play first or second in that semifinal game? 
Um, I mean, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Yeah, you get to, like, watch and see who you're figuring out mm-hmm. playing if you play first. But, I mean, at that level, you know, when you're Division One, Division Two, Division Three, and you're about to scout – or do whatever, and you're playing the late game, I don't think it matters. You're going to have to come out there regardless and play as hard as you can. And maybe it's a personal thing for me. Like, I'm giving my all every single game, and maybe they let up. Um, I personally don't think it should matter. Yeah, that you have, you know, an extra couple hours of rest if you play first. But, mm-hmm. you know, that shit doesn't matter. If you're going to play the national championship, you're going to be so pumped. You have all that, you know, adrenaline running um, and excitement to play and, you know, and just be in the spotlight. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it should matter, but it might, you know, be a lingering effect that like, you don't even think about, I guess. I agree. I agree with Jacob. Like, I don't think it should matter. I think you're a lot more relaxed about the whole thing though, that if you do play first, because mm-hmm. once your game's done and you're in that fun, the pressure's off mm-hmm. to yeah. get there at that point. Cause you've made it there at that point. It's just sitting and waiting. And, you know, if you if you're that team that thinks you know that you're the shit and everybody else is about to smell it, that you know you're just waiting to see who's going to get their ass beat. Right. I think that's what Baylor did. I think Baylor was like, "Yep, we're here. This is exactly where everybody thought we should we would be. This is exactly where we thought we would be. More importantly, and now we're just waiting to see you know who's going to get their ass beat in this natty." And I think Gonzaga was like, "Oh." fuck after after the ucla game like we just had to do that and now we got to turn around and play baylor and i think you know maybe it'd be different i I think if they play i think that wasn't probably the best game they put it could have played and i don't think i don't think it necessarily has to do with that they played a couple hours later like jacob said i think it was just well my next question is do you think it mattered that they had to play an overtime game against ucla and and it was that tough you know the the announcers are talking about so much and i got tired of listening to it because i mean at the end of the day yes you did just exert so much energy into a game to win a game um and you had to go you had to play extra like five ten minutes right but at the end of the day you are playing in the national championship at a historic for a, a, a historic season you know they win this game they're notched in history with my iu hoosiers as the only undefeated team to go a whole season um but in my opinion you can't come out with that energy in a national championship game like jacob said every game you should treat every game like a national championship game especially in division one um so do you i mean i i was like okay i get it like they're tired maybe the first like couple minutes but even then like you're in your uh you know your your adrenaline is just rushing you're in the national championship game you're playing for history even if it was you're playing for your first school's ever national championship potentially and they just came out flat like as as can be um so i guess my question is you guys do you think do you think the overtime game against ucla um or just in general does you think that affects college athletes i don't think it should i mean like you said, if you're going to be out there playing a national championship, it shouldn't affect you. I mean, unless you like substantially get hurt, obviously it's a whole different story, mm-hmm. but it, it shouldn't affect you, man. Like you're out there to win a natty. Either team is going to be their first national championship ever. ever. So like both teams should have the same energy going into a game. And from the get go, Baylor just came out there and ate them alive on both ends of the floor. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Baylor, Baylor just looked like they were more excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Like Gonzaga more or less looked like they were ready to you know for the for it to be over, and I think Baylor was like, nope, 
we're excited to win this national championship. Gonzaga looked like they were just excited to be there. No, yeah. I will. There, there was one person I think on Gonzaga's team that wanted to win. And that's Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, after after watching the game, I was like, man, that it sucks. He he was kind of the only guy really crying on the team. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he is a freshman, so you know, obviously, he's you know he's still a baby in that sense. Um, uh, but um, I think at the end of the day, I think he wanted to win more than anyone. Um, besides the Baylor guys, obviously. Um, but man. I was like, okay, he's upset, but this dude's about to go top three in the NBA draft. Um, you know, he shouldn't be that upset. He's about to make millions of dollars uh, playing this sport. Uh, that's, of course, if he declares, but I think he's going to, and I think we'll hear that very shortly. Uh, but, I mean, what a tournament for him. What a season for him. Um, but the main reason why I bring him up is obviously his shot uh, against UCLA. It's buzzer beater to send them to the national championship. We've seen a lot of great buzzer beaters in March Madness, and like period. Uh, throughout the entire tournament, we've seen some great ones in national championship games, semifinal games. Um, but where does Jalen Suggs um, half court shot, you know, NBA, really NBA three shot, where does it rank among um, game winners? I'll start with Gage on this one. I'd probably put it in my top five as far as the NCAA tournament goes. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't remember who it was that hit it. I think um the unc villanova one from a couple years ago i think that's probably the best one i've ever seen mm-hmm. um because it was just such a crazy crazy sequence it was similar you know it wasn't totally unsimilar to the ucla yeah. one you know you have a shot hit at the at the towards the end of the buzzer um and then the other team just takes it in transition and you know just cans a deep three to win it you know obviously one was for a little more higher stakes mm-hmm. um i think mj's uh MJ's buzzer in what was that? What would that have been? 82? Like 83, 84, I think. 83. I think yeah. that's up there. Um, I think the Wolfpack uh buzzer beater in I think that would have been 85, 86, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's certainly up there. Um, but I would probably put Jalen Suggs one in at number two. Because I remember I was like, when he was dribbling down the court, I was like, oh, please hit this. This would be crazy. And then he, he Sure enough, he did, he does, and it was crazy. I was hyped in my living room. Um, I can't imagine what it would have been like had there been fans in those stands. Yeah, it would have been insane. Mm-hmm. It would have been electric for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably like a top five shot of all time. The ones you had mentioned, the Christian Leitner shots, got to be up there too. Um, I don't really have any other like thing to argue about. Like, I can't think of any other off the top of my head unless Drew has some. I've I've got one. I've got the uh, uh, UNI shot against Texas a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and now, obviously, though, some of the ones we see during the tournament that aren't like I would even put Elite Eight, Final Four, or National Championship. Yeah. They probably don't get as much hype just for the simple fact that they're not you know Final Four games, big time games. But like that one to me, that one was just like you know like they they shot the ball. Um, I think from beyond half court and hit a buzzer beater. And it was the last game of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Texas, if they play a late game at night, they definitely don't win those games. So shout out to the March Madness or the people who make the brackets, put them at late night games because they suck at those. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think the reason why the Villanova UNC one will always be number one, um, almost in I, I don't I don't know if it's number one, but at least for me, it's number one. Well, one, it was the one I, it's the only one I've ever seen in person. Um, but 
it's because of the difficulty that the point guard for UNC his shot. I mean, if you yeah. remember, he was like yeah. sideways. Yeah, and double clutched it. Yeah, and double clutched it and threw that bitch in. And then Villanova calls a timeout. They run they run a set play um, that hits a deep three. But I I do think the Leitner one was kind of like the OG one um, yeah. in, in most sense. And then also the Wolfpack one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Michigan has one, I think, at some point. I could be wrong. The Fab Five with those guys. I mean, there, there's a ton. But I think, think because of the stage he did it at, and I think because he hit it with no time remaining, yeah. um, I think that was a huge one. Um, I will say this one. This is a disappointing one and one I wish would have happened. Uh, that would have happened in Indianapolis. Butler versus um, oh, Michigan. Oh, no, Duke. Um, Gordon Hayward missing it at half court, unfortunately. That one, that one would have probably been the best one. If that would have been all time for sure. Um, but, yeah, so there, there's been great ones. I think it definitely – that one's going to be remembered for a very long time uh, just for the simple fact because Juzang – had just scored a layup. It went to tie, and I was like, damn, they're going to double overtime. This sucks, and then boom, he hits it, and he pulled his, his Kobe uh, D-Wade moment. Just unfortunately, yeah. it was one game too soon. Yeah. Uh, Layton was watching with me, and he she was like, oh, he just gets up on the table. I was like, well, I mean, if you just hit a buzzer in overtime to send your team to the natty, you can probably do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you, if you watch the Baylor Bear celebration after they won the national championship, there was like a bunch of on the table, but like those tables were like wobbly. Yeah. Like people they're like, were like, hey, they're not that sturdy. I know that. Yeah. So um, one more thing I kind of want to talk about with the Baylor team. And they, they kind of talked about this at the end of their um, little uh, announcement or whatever, but like, man, like they just had different dudes. So in the semifinal game, I was like, man, this Marcio T guy, he's garbage. I was like, I watched him when they played like a, you know, a lower seed. He was, and he was good. He made shots. But then he like he lit up, he lit yeah. up Gonzaga. You know, in the, in the semifinal, it was it was Butler and Mitchell, and and they they did everything. And then in the in the national championship, I mean, Butler and Mitchell had had really good games, but it was a whole team just yeah. ass fuck. Yeah, they're 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 taking turns just going at them. It didn't matter who got the ball. They, that was the thing. Like it was a team win. I'd never seen such like yeah, they had two guys like that really stood up, but like. No matter who had the ball, they were crossing up people, pulling up, you know, taking to the rim. Even like Mark Vidal, he had like he had eight offensive rebounds, eight, and like that goes so much to like their energy and just you know how like active and just you know ball hawks they were all game long. Mm-hmm. Just stronger too. I saw a tweet that was like you know Gonzaga, oh yeah, we have this high powered offense, and Baylor was like, cool, we lift with the football team. I saw that. That was funny. Um, I mean. They were just, they were just big. You're, y'all, do y'all remember the when Tori and Prince's post game press conference? <laughs> I got rebound. The rebound. <laughs> they, they grabbed the ball, or they grabbed the ball more times than we grabbed the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. I, I am. Uh. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make a meme right now because I just thought of it. Um. I mean, literally, Baylor, like the the. All the the guys on Baylor, literally, it was like that one meme you have of the five or four black guys with the one white chick, and the one white chick was was Gonzaga. I mean, yeah. literally, everyone everyone was on fire. Yeah. So, it, it, I feel bad for Gonzaga because I do believe if if they would have, I guess, played on more even terms of having easy games in the Final Four, that potentially they would have been a better matchup. But um, I, I chose wrong because I did have Gonzaga, and I I was like, I'm riding with Gonzaga's three. Um, you know, three guys, Jalen Suggs, Kispit. Kispit kind of like disappeared in the tournament, in my opinion, last last three games. Yeah, I was like a lot of people don't know he 
Suggs and Timmy were second team All American. Skisbeck was the first team All American. Yeah. And people had no idea. Yeah, well, and I think also he kind of plays in fact, he is a senior. He kind of got he 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 he's a wooden ward finalist as well. Yeah, and the other two guys probably got more attention, so he's probably a little bit more freed up too. Exactly. So um, but unfortunately, and and I saw a tweet as well from um what's his name? The dude with the green like basketball logo who does all the training. I don't know. In, in the lab, that's it, in the lab. He tweeted out, he's like, I work with a Baylor starting guard. They are not worried about the ba- about the Gonzaga guards. They are worried about Timmy's passing. He tweeted that out, like, I think before the game started or, like, very early on in the game. And, I mean, realistically, it made sense because uh, if you were a Gonzaga guard that last night, you were scared. They looked scared playing basketball. They don't bad. want to be there. Um, uh, so, uh, actually, today, we were recording this on Tuesday, April 6th. Um, some news dropped. Uh, there's two things, two final things we're going to talk about with college basketball before we wrap this up, wrap a bow on this season. Uh, the first thing is Luca Garza. Congratulations to him because he has won officially won the John Wooden Award. Shout out to him. I mean, he had an amazing senior season. Uh, unfortunately, he will not be in, in, in uh, he will be in the NBA draft, um, but I don't think he he'll be a second round pick. Probably won't play that much. Um, sucks, but wish he could come back for another year just for the hell of it but unfortunately he will not. Uh, and there goes someone's career, just like an Adam Morrison, but worse. Yeah. Um, then uh, then the other thing I want to talk about is, of course, after the national championship, you've got to have the way too early top 25 predictions talk. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, again, we're not going to go through very much uh, detail of each of each ones, but there are some surprising ones. Number one right now is UCLA. They are ranked number one for the, the 2021-2022 NBA or NCAA season, which is kind of crazy to think. But yeah, probably just the hype, you know. For yeah. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, they they are turning probably everyone, but just mm-hmm. kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, and then um, and it, it's kind of interesting too. I mean, a lot of their guys when we were watching the introductions, at least for me, a lot of their guys or juniors and sophomores. So mm-hmm. they could they could but- be very good. I'd have to look like because I think I think VCU is the only other first four in team that ever went mm-hmm. to the final four. Yeah. And so I like it'd be, I'd be curious to see like where, you know, people had them on their way too early poll for the year after that. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like you said, they're probably returning everybody. We clearly we've clearly seen what they can do like this. They can take, you know, mm-hmm. who everybody thought, you know, would do it. They, they took an undefeated team to overtime. They gave everybody fits um so yeah like i'm not surprised that they're i'm a little surprised that they're number one i guess like mm-hmm. jacob like jacob said it probably is the height mm-hmm. um i'm not saying that they certainly don't deserve to be a top 25 team i but i mean that's probably why they're the way you know they're it's called the way too early top yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um and then just kind of go down the list you've got gonzaga too i mean they are expecting a lot of people to leave but they have a lot of guys um, aka they have the best prospect chat Holmgren or Holmgren or whatever he's coming to Gonzaga next year so that's why they're ranked so high Bam at three kind of surprising to see Duke at number four but you know if it's a way too early list Duke is always up there yeah um, Baylor drops to five because I'm assuming they're going to lose a lot of uh, talent which is okay they just want a national championship chill out Ohio State at six Florida State at seven Michigan at eight Purdue at nine uh, Kansas at ten. Nova. Wait, wait, I want. Wait, I want to stop you right there, Drew. Okay. I want you to tell me: Is Oral Roberts anywhere on this list? No, sir. 
Um, that's that's disrespect to Blowjob Bob, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, shout out to Oral Roberts because we are going to try to get Max Avis on this uh, podcast. So if he listens to it for whatever reason, come on the podcast, my guy. Uh, we've got Nova at eleven, Houston at twelve. Shout out to Houston um, because what they did this the March Madness is awesome. Um, and shout out to their coach because he's just a great guy. Uh, Maryland at thirteen. Uh, Kentucky at 14. And then before I name the next team, I just want to give a huge shout out to Roy Williams. He did a retire. I forgot to mention this, but he did officially retire, um, which is sad because he was a great coach. Even though a lot of us don't like UNC, we respected Roy Williams. And I know a lot of the basketball community did. um, So shout out to them. But they're number 15 on the list. That's why I mentioned that. So legendary. He is a legend. Um, Arkansas at 16. Boo. Uh, we've got Connecticut at 17, Michigan State at 18. Uh, I don't know how to say their name, Jacob. Saint whatever at, <laughs> at 19. Uh, 20 is Tennessee. Boo, they should not be on this list. Arizona is at 21. 22 is USC. 23, Virginia. 24, Oregon. 25, Illinois. And 26 is uh, Syracuse. Not, not too much surprising after other than UCLA really sounds like yeah. the same routines that you hear at the beginning of every year. Exactly. I just, I just thought it was funny to go through the list real fast just because I hate these lists. They're probably the yeah, worst they're things. They're always so dumb. <laughs> they're probably the worst things that sports reporters do. Um, but that's going to do it for us here at the five out podcast. Thank you to Gage for coming on uh, and his baby Jack being in the background the whole episode. We love to hear Jack anytime we can. If you wanted a feature, my guy, we should have just brought him on. Yeah. <laughs> He was just screaming because he he fucking hates you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably screaming because he's a Mavs and a Cowboys fan as well. Uh, also, shout out to the NFL for adding 17 seasons. No more eight and eight season for your Dallas Cowboys. Um, they'll only be eight and nine or nine and eight. First team ever to go 17 and 0 in the regular season. You heard it here first on the Five Out Podcast. Book it. Uh, but shout out to them. Uh, shout out to the NFL for that. But that's gonna do it for us here. Um, we hope you guys. We hope to see you guys next week. Uh, and that's gonna do it for us here. See ya. Peace. If you guys enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more of our podcasts, we release episodes every Thursday on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you guys uh, listen to your podcast. If you'd like to watch us on YouTube, you'll have to check us out at Sideline Sports for that. Uh, and then if you want to check us out on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else, look us up at 5 Out. Uh, you, and then while you're there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button, hit the like button, whatever it tells you to do please do it. It's 100% free to do, so you might as well do it because all it does is help us out in the long run. But we want to thank everyone who listens to this episode and listens to our podcast on a regular basis. You guys are appreciated. Uh, then if you guys look us up on Twitter as well, you can look up at 5 underscore out. Um, we post daily content, including our fantasy basketball recaps, as well as some Twitter questions. Anything you can imagine on Twitter, we post. So be sure to go check those out as well. And then uh, if you want to look us up on Instagram or TikTok as well, you can look us up at Sideline Sports on those. You'll see very similar content that you see on uh, Twitter, but it'll just be under Sideline Sports. You will also see some stuff from our other podcasts like Splitting Uprights and some others in the future we might have on these platforms. So be sure to go check those out. Make sure you follow those as well. That's going to do it for us here today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week.
ball is tipped There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star All the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it's yours One shining moment It's all on the line Time is short and the road is long In the picking of an eye All that moment's gone when it's done Win or lose, you always did your best Cause inside you Feel the beat of your heart Feel the wind in your face It's more than a contest It's more than a your best Cause inside you knew That one shining moment you reach for the sky One shining moment 